0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, April 18th episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com, as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our newsletter, either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. Since December of 2018, we have brought to you over 110 poets from 10 countries on 5 continents, and we hope to continue to do that with your support. And you can do that by going to poetsandmuses.com forward slash donate, and donate either via PayPal or your preferred credit cards. With us today is Michelle Whitstone, with whom we will be discussing her poem, Nihisa Behohen, and my poem, Janice. Before we do that, however, I am going to go over some virtual poetry events taking place during the week of April 19th. On Monday, April 19th, from 8.15pm Amsterdam time, Labyrinth will be hosting their weekly open mic You can find out more information at labyrinthamsterdam.nl forward slash pound sign events. Again, that's labyrinthamsterdam.nl forward slash pound sign events. From 8 p.m. Central Daylight Time, Frizzy Productions will be hosting his Poets Playground replay clean open mic via Instagram live at poets underscore playground underscore. Again, that's at Poets underscore Playground underscore. On Tuesday, April 20th from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Urban Word NYC will be hosting their weekly First Draft Open Mic for those between the ages of 13 and 23. It's a virtual writing workshop and open mic series facilitated by Roya Marsh. You can find out more information and register at urbanwordnyc.org forward slash First Draft. From 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Museum of the African Diaspora will be hosting their second family art workshop, Monochromatic Collage and Blackout Poetry. You can find out more information and register at moadsf.org forward slash calendar. Again, that's moadsf.org forward slash calendar. From 6 to 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, the Virginia G. Piper Center for Creative Writing will be hosting their Piper Poetry Month drop-in. If you built it, they will come. Small press and DIY poetry publishing with our past poet guest, Amber McCrary. You can find out more information at piper.asu.edu forward slash events. Again, that's piper.asu.edu dot edu forward slash events from 9 p.m central daylight time frizzy productions will be hosting his poets playground we play dirty open mic via instagram live again at poets underscore playground underscore on wednesday april 21st from 6 p.m amsterdam time word up amsterdam will be hosting their inspiration factory writing workshop by janice You can find out more information and register at wordupamsterdam.weebly.com forward slash workshops.html. Again, that's wordupamsterdam.weebly.com forward slash workshops.html. From 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the New Jersey Performing Arts Center will be hosting their City versus Teen Poetry Workshops with Atorius, Renee Augustine, and Evan Cutts, for those between 13 and 17. You can find out more information at njpackorg forward slash tickets hyphen events. Again, that's njpackorg forward slash tickets hyphen events. From 7 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Kaveh Kahnem Poets will be hosting their new works, Writing Grief, featuring Sadiq Foukoji, Natasha T. Miller, and Nikki Walskerlager. You can find out more information at cavecondompoets.org forward slash event. Again, that's cavecondompoets.org forward slash event. From 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the Hudson Valley Writers' Center and Book Yaya will be hosting An Evening with Elena Bell, Deborah Paredes, and C. Dale Young. You can find out more information at writerscenter.org forward slash calendar. Again, that's writerscenter.org forward slash calendar. From 5 to 6.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, the Asian American Justice and Innovation Lab will be hosting the 8th of its A Session, A Poetic Envisioning of Our Collective Future with Carol Ska. You can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash aajil.org. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash aajil.org. From 6.30 to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, the University of Arizona Press will be hosting the Dinette Reader An Anthology of Navajo Literature. You can find out more information at uapress.arizona.edu forward slash event. Again, that's uapress.arizona.edu forward slash event. From 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Poets Corner will be hosting their monthly reading featuring Tawahun Paich, Jillian Christmas, and Sherry D. Wilson. You can find out more information at poetscorner.ca. Again, that's poetscorner.ca. From 8 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Beyond Baroque Literary Arts will be hosting their weekly poetry workshop with Beth Ruscio. You can find out more information at beyondbaroque.org forward slash free underscore Again, that's beyondbaroque.org. Forward slash free underscore workshops dot html. From April twenty second to Sunday, April twenty fifth, Flower Song Press, Valley International Poetry Fest, and the Academy of American Poets will be hosting their Rio Grande Valley International Poetry Festival. You can find out more information and register at valleypoetryfest dot org. Again, that's Valley Poetry Fest. Org. From 9 p.m. Paris time, Paris Lit Up will be hosting their weekly open mic. You can find out more information at parislitup.com forward slash open hyphen mic. Again, that's parislitup.com forward slash open hyphen mic. From 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Museum of the African Diaspora will be hosting their open mic night this time featuring Joel Gomez. You can find out more information at moadsf.org forward slash calendar. Again, that's moadsf.org forward slash calendar. On Friday, April 23rd, from 11 a.m. to 1230 p.m. British time, Poetry LGBT will be hosting their Speak Your Truth writing workshop. You can find out more information and register by messaging The host, Andrina Leanne, at survivor.andrina.leanne on Instagram. Again, that's at survivor.andrina.leanne on Instagram. Andrina is spelled A-N-D-R-E-E-N-A, and Leanne is spelled L-E-E-A-N-N-E. From 7 p.m. West African time, Graciano and Warham will be hosting his Corona vs. Open Mic via Instagram Live at Graciano and Warham. That's G R A C I A N O E N W E R E M. Again, that's G R A C I A N O E N W E R E M on Instagram. From 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, New Jersey Performing Arts Center will be hosting their City vs. Jazz and Poetry virtual performance curated by City vs. Artistic Director Mark Gross and poets Evan Cutts and Atorius de Kunta featuring Jordan Pate, Jarrett Walser, and Jibadea Patton. You can find out more information at njpackorg forward slash tickets hyphen events. Again, that's njpack.org. Four slash tickets hyphen events from seven thirty to nine p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Caris Books and More will be hosting their celebrating National Poetry Month with Rachel Economy and friends, with Derek Economy, Emily LeGreen, Signature Soul, JoJo Donovan, and Nicole Mitchell. You can find out more information and register at carisbooksandmore.com. Slash event, Again, that's charisbooksandmore.com forward slash event. Karis is spelled C-H-A-R-I-S. From 5 to 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, the Virginia G. Piper Center for Creative Writing will be hosting Where Do I Begin? A Poetry Month Workshop with Ali Mahai. You can find out more information and register at piper.asu.edu forward slash events. Again, that's piper.asu.edu forward slash events. From 630 Mountain Daylight Time, Sacred Voices will be hosting their open mic featuring Susie Q. Smith. You can find out more information at Sacred Voices Denver on Instagram or Facebook. Again, that's Sacred Voices Denver on Instagram or Facebook. From 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Beyond Baroque Literary Arts will be hosting their only-a-few-yards-away poetry reading and discussion with Holiday Mason, Celeste Goyer, and James Cushing. You can find out more information at beyondbaroque.org forward slash calendar. Again, that's beyondbaroque.org forward slash calendar. On Saturday, April 24th, from 12 to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, The Poetry Passport will be hosting the Writer's Workshop with a theme of constraints. You can find out more information at The Poetry Passport on Instagram. Again, that's at The Poetry Passport on Instagram. From 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, the Root Slam will be hosting their virtual writing workshop for writers 18 and plus only. You can find out more information and register at rootslam.org forward slash calendar. Again, that's rootslam.org forward slash calendar. From 12 to 1 p.m. Central Daylight Time, the Porch will be hosting the third of its three Manifest your poetic voice for Tennessee teens. You can find out more information and register at porchtn.org forward slash programs forward slash youth. Again, that's porchtn.org forward slash programs forward slash youth. From 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the PAM Poetry Project will be hosting our themed poetry open mic via Instagram Live. You can find out more information at poetsandmuses.com forward slash events. Again, that's at poetsandmuses.com forward slash events. From 7 to 8:30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Palabras bilingual Bookstore will be hosting their letters from El Valle and Beyond, Letras de Valle y Más Allá, featuring Randy Hefflin. Margarita Cruz, and our past poet guest, Oscar Mancinas. You can find out more information at palabrasbookstorecom forward slash event. Again, that's at palabrasbookstorecom forward slash event. On Sunday, April 25th, from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Pure Ink Poetry, founded by our past poet guest, Brandon Williamson, will be hosting Poetry Slam Worldwide, you can find out more information and register at pureinkpoetry.com. Again, that's pureinkpoetry.com. From 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Keep the Mic On will be hosting their weekly open mic. You can find out more information at keepthemikeon.com. Again, that's keepthemicon.com. From 3 to 4 p.m. Alaska Daylight Time, Alaska Quarterly Review will be hosting their piece de resistance Benefit Reading, featuring Virginia Conchin, Heather Tressler, Elise Knorr, and Kate Partridge. You can find out more information at aqreview.org forward slash events. Again, that's aqreview.org forward slash events. And now let us welcome our Poet Guest of the Week, Michelle Wisdom. Hi, Michelle. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses.
1: Hi, Imogen. This is a pleasure. I'm glad to be here.
0: Me too. So you brought with you your poem, Nehizat Bihogan. Before we get into that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Sheya um, Michelle I am Diné, or Navajo, more commonly known. So I just introduced myself through my four clans and my mother's clans mm-hmm. and nasht are my father's clans. Ashinhi mm-hmm. are my maternal grandfathers, and Toa are my paternal grandfathers. And I'm originally from Rock Point, Arizona, and currently I reside here in Onion Lake, Saskatchewan, with my husband and our four children.
0: Mm-hmm. And how long have you been living there now?
1: Over 10 years. We moved here March 2010.
0: Oh, wow. Exactly. (laughs) Well, (laughs) since the beginning of this craziness, basically, how is it, I mean, like having the experience of living in these two neighboring countries, but very different in terms of healthcare, or I imagine it as very different in terms of healthcare. Do you find uh, living with covid Living in this COVID year, that it's better in Canada.
1: Um, I believe it's better in Canada. Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad somebody's having a better time than us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate, you know, the common sense understanding of people around here to some extent because larger communities tend to. Get it, you know, that some things are on high alert and we need to behave accordingly. Mm. But, you know, in the United States, people have a tendency to behave first and then explain later.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's like backwards. So <laughs> that's one thing I've observed over mm. the past 20 some odd years that my hubby and I have been together now.
0: Mm. Mm yeah it's it's really interesting, right when you move between neighboring countries, especially between countries where you uh, because the language is so similar that you basically think it's culturally similar as well, and then you kind of are a little bit shocked because you don't expect the the, the cultural differences when they come up
1: yeah. If you're talking about cultural differences, I kind of went from one reserve to another reserve.
0: Mm.
1: The Nene Reserve is huge compared to the tiny little islands of reserves that are scattered across Canada. And um, this town that I'm living in has about mm, 7,000 people. Yeah, so it's the Treaty territory, homeland of the Métis and the First Nations and Cree, Plains Cree people here. Mm-hmm.
0: And they do have
1: their own language, so my husband has his own language, and I have Ardine language. Too.
0: Okay. Also, oh, your husband is Cree then?
1: Mm-hmm. Ah. Yes.
0: I didn't realize how vast Cree's territory was.
1: The Cree span the width of Canada and way into... Oklahoma, and there's Cree people everywhere, intermarried. We have Diné people intermarried into Plains Cree and other Cree cultures here. There's Woodland Cree, there's Swampy Cree, there's different versions of Cree. Hmm. The Cree people are a vast people.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Navajo uh, Diné as well. Um, in the Southwest, and, and also mm-hmm. go into Mexico, right? Like You yeah. cross four states. I, I wish we were taught this in school to get a better mm-hmm. idea of of our, well, what is now called American <laughs> culture. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's sometimes for somebody who is not indigenous, I, I think, even if I know it, intellectually sometimes i forget viscerally that we are a nation that's made of many 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 different nations and we have nations within nations and much of it is disputed as well because Mm -hmm. because some people didn't respect the treaties that they offered so yeah anyway back to your poetry though yeah Because that conversation could take us on a journey for days and years. Um, Oh, yes. When did you start writing poetry?
1: I have been writing poetry probably, I don't know, since elementary.
0: Mm.
1: It's always been an appealing genre Mm. to me. It has always been a way for me to express my inner sincerity
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and my willingness to connect to others. As writing stages go, you know the poems that I wrote when I was younger are very descriptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed that it sort of correlated to the art that I preferred to do, and I I love painting or drawing kind of specific details
2: mm-hmm. of
1: things mm-hmm. that are kind of like a juncture of sorts. Like it's I could uh, paint something because it combines certain feelings, maybe a certain stage in my life and the meaning that it has at that point. Mm. So very descriptive. And I look back to my poems and they are very descriptive and also kind of has that Salvador Dali characteristic to the way that I think, oh. kind of like the space-time dimension
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the visual And descriptive representation are juxtaposed in a way that it transcends time Mm -hmm. and space. Mm -hmm. Maybe because our language is like that.
0: Yeah, I do feel like depending on the culture from which the poets I interview come from, different dimensionalities will come in to, or that would inform their poetry. Because I know you write in both languages. First of all, is Dine Bizat- your first language? Or was that something that you learned later?
1: It was my first language, yes.
0: Okay. Have you always written in both languages or do you primarily write in one particular language?
1: I began school in at age six, which is a little later than most kids
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because you know my uncle told my mom, they're gonna ruin her. <laughs> He was right. <laughs> he was very right. <laughs> but I went to school as a full speaker of our Dene language. Mm-hmm. And it was until I stepped into the classroom that we were introduced to literacy. Mm-hmm. And I stepped into a bilingual mm-hmm. pedagogy which taught math in both languages. Science in both languages and, you know, most of the subject areas in both languages. And that was the curriculum and the pedagogy foundations were laid upon bilingualism. So, yeah, episode is my first language and I grew up with that. And I'm very thankful Yeah. for that. Mm-hmm.
0: When you write, no matter which language you write in your poems, do you always translate it into the other language?
1: I find that the places that I really think are important, I tend to translate that for myself just as a record of my understanding of it. Mm. And the other reason why I usually choose to translate English to Navajo is to help me gain a deeper understanding through that understanding process Mm -hmm. So for example, if I come across a concept that seems a little difficult to understand Mm
2: -hmm. or is
1: new to me, then I will stop and think and reflect in my language. And sometimes I talk to myself and I use my language to help me situate what it is that is difficult for me to understand. So Mm -hmm. my language, our Dine language is, is an awesome tool. And is also a bridging concept that helps us to transition understanding and process and also helps us to situate our reality, which is, you know, structurization of life. Mm -hmm. And those are all foundational, you know, they all go back to our foundational belief systems, which are enculturated with, you know, in us as we grow.
0: I guess now is a good time for you to read your poem for us. The title is not translated, and unfortunately, I know very few words in Dine Bazaar. So I was wondering if you can tell us what the title also means in English.
1: Okay. I would like to read it in my language first entirely. Sure. That's okay. And then I can read the English version.
0: Sure,
1: absolutely. which means Nihizad is literally our language. Mm-hmm. And is literally its home. So hoghan is home
2: mm-hmm.
1: and bihoghan makes it possessive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's kind of like saying the house of our language or we are in the home of our language. Mm-hmm ni Behoran bahagan ashne shamasan sheche shenal astan shenal hastin Shahastui Shazani ni hazase ni hetchone kodoneta na ho conspirado si hasen bellnada shedena betahne de a-kud-e, de n it sa ha e de li a di e da do b in i ye he gu da shad e kud ehi sh chan da a de is alt eight arg conspiage si do et a hajo eko niche hades zikta di ego niche zado niche o o in besnaniche delia wa jorgto na ye eko nat niche besnaniche delia ben ne ta stol espenie ad na ho constigo dat denog si hasen hatat khaish ol ye asah ejia ko ol ye alth ko hadzan an olte ko ol ye esnas bi asah yajit e ko hos has todesen knashne sta ko ol ye na ye na tahot desli nakot kadla nak asti Dona beige a dih tzod. Dige at ego nehe do nehe ool inz bithna nehe delia. Wa george do na ye eeg eko natnit hin bithna nehe delia. Biga ye dahto leith bini ye. Si ha sin hat nigo ne da do leithko alhat ne. Ad bachol be at dizeh. Nichet sat us <laughs> in, sat us <laughs> at naljo. eight <laughs> Beg etta e. it. Be at da wheezed it. Be nichetra netta asd it. Be nichek etta asd hit. Been a jonagonicho niche horan numbers be nate za' life. Be hajo hio carhoran be yet nan'i da' life. Niches sad ah altojet. Be a e. She na a dog at Bahios Nata, at Ego on don't Delia. ye ek echo, not the ah ye. a dot, and now I will read the English version Behogan the home of our language our language's home Dearest grandmother grandfather Paternal grandmother, paternal grandfather, gentlemen, ladies, our ancestors, our forefathers. I sit from here beneath the Big Dipper. I sit with resiliency. I shall greet my kin from here forthwith. Am landed from the east with thinking. It is like that. I have purpose. I am landed from the South with planning. It is like that. I have a journey. I am landed with endearing life ways from the West. It is like that. I am embedded with gems and stones. I am landed from the North with resiliency. It is like that. I won't speak softly. This is how we were landed here with our language and our ways of life. We are landed with our blessing way and protection way teachings. So we may walk behind it, protected by it. Now look to the North, look for resiliency. What is resilience? It is founded in loneliness. It is founded in grief. It is founded in isolation it is founded in prayer roots. The monsters are upon us again. Come alive now, hold your quiver, bows, and arrowhead to yourself. This is how we are landed here with our language and our ways of life. We are landed with our blessing way and protection way. So we may walk beside it, protected with it. When we say resilience, It means we have become protectors. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now is the time. Our spindle, our grinding stone slabs, our weddle and our combs, our mini sagebrush and our natural sagebrush, our sweat, our medicines, our songs, our ceremonies. These we protect our ways of being Our prayers are omniscient, provides a way through perseverance, journeys, things, provides opportunities, connects us, our relationality, blankets us, our warmth. In a beautiful way, we shall come back into our hogans. In a good way, we shall come back into our house of dawn. Our language makes all things possible. This is why we won't abandon it. This is how we are landed here with our language and our ways of life. We are landed with our blessing way and protection way. So we may walk in front of it, protecting it. Maybe you heard it. Here comes the moisture, female rain and male rain thundering from within. The mist is cutting a ferocious path.
0: Thank you. Mm -hmm. I was wondering when I was reading this, because it felt like, very much like an invocation, like um, something that feels like you would read at the beginning of a ceremony. And I wonder if that's something you had in mind when you wrote it.
1: I think that is the purpose. I was missing my language.
0: Yeah.
1: And ceremony is intertwined
2: mm-hmm. with our
1: language and language is cere- intertwined with ceremony.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They are interdependent as all things are in our way of life. And I was missing home terribly, and amidst this pandemic, I too was trying to find a safe home
2: yeah. in
1: within myself.
2: Yeah.
1: I was trying to find that sense of strength, because I, I'm a mother. I need to be strong for my children, our children.
2: Yeah.
1: I need to be strong for my husband. Yeah i need to stay positive and emulate that positive energy through either at social media or through you know connections with people that i come in contact with and always you know try to keep that positive outlook no matter what mm. our deneh ways of thinking are the way our elders and our ancestors have laid out this this beautiful plan this beautiful paradigm for us to to use in this life is is full of teachings is full of sources of strength
2: mm.
1: and it is this language our Denebza that provided that sense of security and in that home i am safe mm. And to me, that process is ceremony. Mm. So, you know, I shared this poem on YouTube and I shared it with people through Facebook mm. because I want people to calm down, mm. to calm down and to settle their inner turmoil and their inner fear,
2: mm.
1: to, to look around and to remember that we have teachings and we have our ways already. We weren't put on this earth without the necessary tools that we needed to survive. Everything's provided for us. Mm. The earth provides the medicines and we have the four elements. We, we have more than enough to yeah. survive. And yet we are overcome by fear and I I was overcome by fear too at some point because I let the media sort of overwhelm me and the the paranoia, you know, that energy is, you know, it flows, whether it flows through the language of social media or whether it flows through body language, through the media even, Mm. or, you know, the energy that is carried back into our home by our children or my husband or the occasional visitor who comes here or stories that come into my life, either by social media, through my husband, through the news. So, you know, language is an ontological tool that creates our reality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fact that we have a linguistic intelligence is what separates us from the animals, you know, we are animals too. Mm. and the intelligence that we have is the fact that we are literate that we can speak read write and listen with mm. language and through language and you know it provides our paradigm as well as our process
2: mm.
1: and you know our dana bizad is both our ontological framework which you know all life is based on that framework and it also provides our epistemological aspects which is process so providing that developmental understanding and the the ebb and flow that is needed um, to help us understand you know we look to history to seek answers and we look to our myths and our stories our legends our folk tales for clues and hints they're like puzzle pieces. We have to. We have to work at understanding these stories mm-hmm. um, to piece together. Okay, you know, this is what needs to be done,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or this is how I need to handle it, or you know, oh, that's not how to handle it. So, mm-hmm. we are surrounded by the security of our language. It's a powerful tool that we have. Our nepasad. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I find that especially now, you know, but at any time during life, whenever we feel threatened, especially if we come from a very um, supportive family environment, then we want to go to our families to sort of re-energize ourselves, to dig up the tools that were taught to us when we were young and and find comfort and nurturing in that. And unfortunately, this year, With COVID the way it is, it's been incredibly difficult to go back to those sources because it cuts the social ties, at least in the physical form. So I I imagine it must have been especially tough in the beginning when nobody really knew what this virus was capable of, what parameters it operated in hmm When did you write this particular poem?
1: I wrote it back in August, uh, as I was taking part in the Lighthouse Attic.
2: Mm. What with, is that?
1: I got connected with Lighthouse Attic through the Dene Emergent Writers
0: mm-hmm.
1: program that we both attended in
0: mm-hmm. was
1: that July two thousand ten? I mean, 2020.
0: Yeah, it feels yeah. so long ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, holy moly! Yeah. Oh my god. So you know, it, like I said, it, it's very centering. Yeah. For me, this this poem so
0: And it feels that way. The cadence, the rhythm. When i was watching the youtube because there's no translation i'm just listening to the sound of it the rhythm of it the cadence of it you sound you were talking very deliberately it was almost like almost like a chant in yeah you know as i said like an invocation and so it was, i think it's important that especially for people who find so much strength and need to find so much strength in our heritage, especially when it's threatened deliberately or not, that you can go back and say, Well, even if I'm not able to physically connect with my family, physically able to have the ceremonies, perform the ceremonies, we are still able to do it in some other ways. Yeah. I, I imagine f- for similar reasons, you must have really took the good energy from the Immersion DNA Writers Institute.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. One recurrent theme that I found from that was the fact that that writing heals.
2: Mm.
1: You know, it's the very inner science thing, which is kind of the constructivist branch of um, our dual modern world. That's probably something that I can clarify here is the fact that, you know, in the modern world through Western viewpoints, the constructivist view is associated with soft systems. And then your sort of objectivity is associated with hard systems. And I'm a PhD graduate student candidate right now and I'm working on my dissertation
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm stuck on that process and I'm trying to move myself forward in that process yeah. and it's very hard to find that motivation right now but I was just looking at the writing as healing and that's also a dual concept because as a writer we have to create a process by which we habituate writing mm. so that it becomes a part of us.
2: Right.
1: And poetry does that for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I feel stuck, I will go to poetry mm. and you know, express and describe and talk to myself and pull myself through something. And writing does that for me.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I find that this poem is very descriptive, uh, as you said. It tells you about what is possible, and it has a questioning, and it has an aspect of examining what is available. It's like you're taking stock.
1: Can you explain that a little bit more?
0: Yeah. When you talked about how especially, well, when you were naming all of these things that are available for perseverance when you talk about our prayers, our ceremonies, our sweat, our medicine, our songs, our mini sagebrush, and our natural sagebrush, our widow, and our combs, our grinding stone labs, our spindle, all of these things. It reminded me, especially as you explain it, it reminded me of, you know, when you go to therapy, sometimes therapist would tell you especially if you're going through um, something like a depressive episode because you're thinking as you explained from listening to all the news all the unfortunately disastrous news that's been coming out and just feeling like we have absolutely no control over what's going on on many Mm -hmm. different levels just feeling completely out of sorts and i feel like the listing of the things Not just of material things, but of also practices, has a grounding effect of saying, well, we still have these. They're still available. They still provide. These are the tools we have on hand. It's almost like you open a toolbox with your poem and looked at all the available ways and instruments that are available for us to regain some kind of feeling of control over at least our own lives Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and when you have control over your life you have sense of place Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and sense of space and therefore you have purpose
2: yeah you
1: know when you when you're lost then your sense of purpose sort of diminishes and you know that leads to negative auras and that can go a number of places so yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah the tools um you know english is such an injustice to navajo thought <laughs> uh nē <ne> thought <laughs> mm. i think as is the case with you know all languages mm. english does very little because you know we have to step back and remember that english is a noun language
2: mm.
1: and most indigenous languages are verb based Mm. so you know very process oriented very dynamic oriented so it 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 makes one very adaptive and Mm. adoptive we're nomadic we can adjust and we can thrive in whatever element and of environment where we're put in Mm. and these tools that i was naming are associated with stories some people might also associate it with gender identity mm. so there's a story in our diné culture that um you know men and women have their protection objects things that that kind of like their weapons if you will
2: mm.
1: and the women's weapons are associated with cooking tools, mm. and uh, not so much in a, in the separated gender roles because a man can also access those tools yeah. in in Diné culture and also help you know mm-hmm. cook and grind uh, corn. It's a shared gender errands or chores work that has to be done to To nourish people, you know, because our, if um, we're looking at the tools, it, it is our spindle, we use that to to make yarn, mm. and you know, we we have to use the spindle to create our looms,
2: mm-hmm.
1: upon which we, you know, so each of these tools are just like they're like loaded words.
2: Mm. There's
1: a whole, I'm opening a whole cave system of knowledge with each of these tools mm. our grinding stone you know there's songs that go with it there's stories that go with it the role of corn in our culture and then our wettle and our combs of course are used in creating looms mm. and then our the mini sage brush is, is used to you know brush off the corn off of the grinding slabs Mm -hmm. And then it's also used as a sift to when you're preparing corn foods. And then, you know, the natural sagebrush is, you know, the the bigger sagebrush is used as an actual brush. And like for the girls' puberty ceremony, the sagebrush is used. It plays an authentic role, which is very grounding. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, if you use a modern brush, it just won't cut it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our ceremonies, our sweat, medicine songs, all of that. Mm. And the fact that through the repetition process, I put this is the way that we are landed here, right? Where I moved from how we are protected by our culture to how we are walking beside it to now we need to walk in front of it or to be in front of it because, you know, it's, it's calling on us to protect it now it's like our grandparents telling us you know all these years we've been you know teaching you all this knowledge and we've given you enough tools and we've told you how to be and how to behave and how to take care of your children how to play be and you know step into that grandmother grandfather role uh, how to be a parent and how to handle the social development of of our youth, you know, from baby to adolescenthood. We've given you all this stuff. We're like at that point where we are told, what are you going to do with that? Mm. What are you going to do with all these tools that you have? Mm. And it's like our ancestors are reminding us that we have all of this. How come we're not using it, you know?
0: Mm. It's almost like the poem is like one of those paintings that contains code in each of its you know little depictions you know as you said each thing to somebody who's not as familiar with the culture they are just a thing they're just a noun but to people who do understand the culture and grew up in the culture it opens up it opens up almost like a portal back to childhood or back to ceremony, back to practices, back to, you know, the things that made being a part of the culture so wonderful, a portal to memory. It's like a almost like a magical a box that you can open up and find like little treasures hidden here and there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're looking mm-hmm. at dimensions. I think the analogy people use a lot is the onion. You know, mm. peeling back the layers. The deeper you go, the more tears are going to fall. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the language is is our is so beautiful in that way that it it, it acquiesces. To our age, it acquiesces to you know, lightening a very dense mood through teasing and through joking and and through humor and and even you know humor and joking and teasing have a healing power mm. and you know it's not meant to put somebody down mm. and and to see things negatively, which is kind of a Western perspective is seeing things positively and negatively. That's not the case here. Mm. You know, when you look at it through an indigenous lens, what seems negative isn't negative at all. It just is.
2: Mm.
1: I think that, that that's a good reminder for everybody because we are so quick to judge people by how they look, by how they talk, what they say, what they eat, how they eat, you know, and, we forget that, you know, we're diverse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, the United States, for example, is a multicultural world. Yet, if it's making mistakes in, in teaching its own society how to see people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's very unfortunate for our youth. Yeah. Especially that they're being educated within that environment.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think it robs us of the tools that are available, especially in times like these that's fraught with so many crises. We feel unmoored, whether it's from our own culture or from another culture that we might just resonate with if we known about it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And I think that is one of the natural resources of this country that we don't call upon, we don't utilize. Somehow we think of it as some, um, a negative, or at least we treat it as if it's a negative, which is to me incredibly sad. Um, yeah, yes.
1: I'm taking a course with Thomas Hubo, mm. who is teaching about collective trauma. Mm and collective healing. He sees trauma as a, it's not a negative thing, but what trauma is, is our unintegrated past, he said. And trauma is also a process. Trauma is a noun in that it is an unintegrated process and trauma is also a verb in that it is our natural response to something that is overwhelming that we can't handle. Mm -hmm. So it's like our bodies know what to do and our bodies will talk to us. You know, as he was describing that, that reminded me of when I had my first child. I was so amazed at the way our body can communicate with us mm. and it was such a beautiful experience to have a baby in that my body knew exactly what it was doing
2: mm.
1: all on its own mm. you know i didn't i didn't need a trained doula sitting next to me i as a matter of fact i didn't need the nurses in that i didn't need a hospital mm. My body knew what to do and it communicated with my brain mm. and my body responded to it. It's mm. like a super intelligent computer that mm. is independent and, and it will make me do things whether I like it or not, you <laughs> know? <laughs> and it told me to push.
2: Mm.
1: Oh my god, that was such such a beautiful surrender to just follow what my body wanted me to do. And as I pushed, you know, that sense of beauty was overwhelming. And I started crying. I mm. I started crying and I, I gave birth while I was crying because of the overwhelming beauty that it was.
2: Mm.
1: And to hear the sound of our offspring, our baby, it just broke my heart. Mm. I, I couldn't believe such a beautiful sound, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was that was her voice. And to think, we create that in our bodies,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and yet we are so easily moved by the media and what it fears us into, what it subjugates us into thinking. It's like we undermine the miracle that we are, this robust, amazing machine that we are. Mm. And we are so easily swept over by rhetoric, if you will, or by somebody subjugating us in some way. And, you know, but that language, our Denebizat is like that. It's in me like that. It's a natural part of me that helps me to process things. Mm. It helps me to 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 follow it. I follow it.
2: Mm. I follow
1: what my language has taught me, how it has ground me. And it still teaches me, still teaching me. Mm. And as much as I want to say that I'm a fluent speaker, reader, writer, I still have so much to learn. And there's so much I've forgotten, like you, like you mentioned, you know sometimes we just need to know we need to be informed
0: mm. of
1: certain things otherwise we won't know
0: yeah and. and i think each one of us carry a certain a, a little our own corner of knowledge right even if we share let's say everything the same if we share everything the same we still because we are animals that are that have limited mental capacity we can only know our own corner of the puzzle and I mean it also make us have to come together if we want to share the knowledge if we want to enlarge our knowledge we have to learn from others
2: absolutely
0: and it forces us to be social animals in in that (laughs) way for our survival and this year really demonstrated that to you know come together in ways that are even without the physical coming together but still be able to mentally psychically sort of spiritually come together to Mm -hmm. to really pool our resources because in that way we can help each other survive this yes so i chose my poem because i actually wrote my poem because your poem made me think of some traditions that I've partaken in, in my own culture. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the poem, it's called Janus, and then we can talk about it. Janice. There may be a miscount of dimensions. I like to whisper awake old smiles folded into soft tissue, like stuffing inside thin skin. Transformed from flour and water, the nourishment that morphs into calories steaming their heat to energize the corners of lips to rise up as revolutionaries against the downcast of separated families, found but kept apart by distance, physical, interdimensional. The perfect dumpling should look like overstuffed ornate love seats with scallop fringes catalogued in fancy fantasy wedding albums and tastes overrun with juices that may escape ruby-rimmed mid-laugh, warming up navy wintry nights lit by the sparkling of man May stars to welcome the lunar new year as we count the possession of another animal amidst chosen kin. Ah.
1: I absolutely love it thank you it just really makes you dance right on through there's like a symphony happening in your in your words
0: wow thank
1: you yeah I was like wow she's really taking me somewhere with this poem
0: (laughs) thank you I really really appreciate that I wasn't sure if I was being too, because I, I begin both stanzas, you know, being very sterile, almost like an instruction manual, and then mm-hmm. go into the feelings of things. I wasn't sure how that would flow. So I, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I see the, what you meant about the dimensions and kind of the interconnectedness like it just there may be a miscount of dimensions. i'd like to whisper wake old smiles folded it's like you're describing something and then all of a sudden it just takes off your thinking is just taking off into just whatever your brain is firing at the moment and you just like i think maybe because you you mentioned dumplings Mm. And I'm like, oh gosh, who does not love dumplings? <laughs> and um, and I'm thinking, you know, I love cooking and I love feeding people. Mm. It's one of my other specialties. I love to feed people. I, I think food brings us so much comfort,
2: mm.
1: and just the cultural foods, especially, you know, like we have a different appreciation for dumplings and and how they're prepared and it's a very people connection through food. Yeah. But yeah, you just kinda took me on the landscape of something that ran away with you into different dimensions. And I'm just like, wow. So yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God, you're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. It's your, your poem really just made me think of some of the traditions for celebrating Lunar New Year. And I, I find that a lot of different cultures have dumplings. You know, they mm-hmm. call them different things, but, you know, just stuffed dough, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and the making of it, it's not just the eating of it, right? It's the making of it. If you make from scratch, especially, you need a lot of hands on deck because it's, it's hard work. I'm one of those people that I I like food. I do not really like making food. (laughs) 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 And and the difficulty of this year has been just forcing myself to make myself food all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: as long as you have a good pan, I think that's all you need.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think I just hate the dishwashing afterwards. It's always like <laughs> such a horrible headache. In fact, my sink is full right now because I've avoided... I've taken my weekend very seriously and just like, no, no washing dishes.
1: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there there is definitely like, a, you know, just I love poetry so much because of you know because of its uh freeing effect
2: Mm. you know
1: it's it emancipates the soul Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it allows you to explore wherever whenever however and why ever and even you know you get to play with words and there's no laws and rules that keep us in Mm
2: -hmm. there's no
1: confinement Right, right and we can mesh different words together from different cultures and different ideas
2: and
1: mm. that's what your poem reminds me of is that that connecting effect like it's just everything is linked
0: mhm mhm yeah yeah and i think you picked up on why i named it janus is because janus is associated with january i think it's the root word for january and it's a two-headed god Greek, I think, uh-huh. that looks both sides for people who don't know. And it's, you know, usually associated with end of year because it looks forward and looks backward. And in this poem, it has looking forward and looking backward as well. Because, you know, I talk about this festive sort of atmosphere of being together with family and friends, a more chosen family than anything else. It also obliquely references a family friend who recently passed away and and played a very important role in our lives. And one of the celebrations that he took part in is very related to this end-of-year idea and also thinking about the people I've been lucky enough to meet this year despite physical distancing through various different electronic means. And finding new friends and new family. And it's Mm -hmm. I have poetry to thank for that. Building on traditions that we find comforting. And finding new friends who will resonate with these traditions. And myself resonating with their traditions as well.
1: Absolutely. You know, even just listening to you talk about the title... First of all, I was born in January. Oh, cool. And yeah, uh, January 14th is my birth date. And and also, you know, the idea of the new year or how we tie our our cultural beliefs to to nature, Mm -hmm. that which happens without our say-so, you know. Mm -hmm. Man has no business in changing the weather. Mm. But, you know, lately things have been out of balance so we are affecting that natural process
2: yeah
1: so you know and the fact that you know Janus is a greek entity kind of reminds me of um, the mythologies that are tied to greek gods and goddesses and mm-hmm. they had many gods for anything inanimate an or animate and I used to love reading Greek mythology when I was young,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was quite a contrast, almost culture shock to my Denek brain. <laughs> I really appreciated the parallelism of human behavior,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. the idea of trickery and jealousy and other emotions that are, you know, very dramatic, sort of, and- <laughs> it was such a time of turmoil and in a lot of ways through the all the things that were happened that happened then historically wars and you know fighting over land or they were trying to ex- explain the cosmos and the nature and you know why things changed
2: mm.
1: and how things became or, or whatever and i just found that whole thing very fascinating And the fact that, you know, for our Deneh belief, our our new year begins in October. Mm. We we don't celebrate January, but due to popular belief, you know, a lot of us or all of us wait for that ball to drop. Mm -hmm. So it's, (laughs) and the two-faced aspect of Janice is very interesting too, you know. Mm. I tie that forward. Backward motion, back to childhood and our child rearing. Mm. You know, like when we have our children and our and their cradle board, the cradle board or moss bag, what have you. They're mm. tied in there, and you you know sway them back and forth. Mm. You sing to them, and that movement is very therapeutic. Mm. You know, and very calming, and. Later in life, you begin to kind of internalize that motion as a moving forward mechanism.
2: Right.
1: You know, how are you going to move a car that's stuck in the sand or the mud, right? You mm-hmm. gotta move it back and forth and then it becomes unstuck. <laughs> yeah. It's such an important motion. Yeah. And I was wondering about your title. I was like, oh, what is Janice? And I was trying to think what is that and where is it coming from? I thought maybe it was somebody from that you knew in your in your childhood or significant person in your life. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, I I generally name poems after I write them and it just felt like this was a good name for it. And I think, you know, the rocking motion as you mentioned and also how we transform is always with sort of one foot forward, one foot back, kind of. Until we are comfortable in the new environment, we don't really take the back foot out of the past. Again, it goes back to both of our poems finding comfort in tradition while trying to move forward with the difficulties and and the new environment that we're facing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for putting, you know, reiterating that.
0: Mm.
1: It's definitely our present disposition in all four of our, like our indigenous being, your emotional, your spiritual, your physiological, and your your cognitive, like, you know, Mm. are the four aspects of being indigenous, indigenous our bodies and what they contain and just finding that, What is stored within? We have to access those tools,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, very important to go deep down into our resources and pull them out because it's challenging. We need to find the resources to continue to thrive, not just to survive, but to thrive.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, before I let you go, I would love for you to tell us how. The listeners could follow you. And if you have any recommendations for poetry readings on Zoom that you might recommend or online,
1: I have a couple of Facebook friends Zoe Priceless Roy Mm. is one of them. And then the other one is my brother from Down Under. Mm -hmm. I met him at the College of Santa Fe Mm. at IAIA. I was there back in 96. Mm. with the Native American Preparatory School Program that was run by um, the late Richard P. Ettinger. Mm. And his name is Rob Waters. Mm -hmm. He sees through an Indigenous lens. Mm. And also Zoe, same thing with her. And Zoe is such a beautiful being. Mm. I appreciate people, you know, like them. And... If I were to put together a poetry event, they would definitely be on stage.
0: And how do we follow you on, I guess, social media?
1: I'm fine with people connecting through Facebook with me. Mm-hmm. I try to keep the the content, you know, as humane as possible. <laughs> um, I'm Shello Rose on Facebook. It's C H I E L L O. Mm. Shello was what my grandma used to call me because she couldn't say our English name, so she did her own thing. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. okay.
1: Yeah, so Shello Rose on Facebook. I'm on on LinkedIn through my own name. My English name Michelle Whitstone. Mm-hmm. And I do have a YouTube channel under the same name, Michelle Whitstone.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, that's what I have so far.
0: Well, thank you very much for your time. I, I really appreciate you opening up and sharing your poetry with me.
1: Absolutely, Imogen. I am very, very thankful that you included me. And um, I really appreciate sharing in this time yeah. and uh, giving me the opportunity again to reiterate how important our language is, our dinah and how so closely and truly we must embrace it so that we can use the tools within to survive. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Janice is actually a Roman deity. As always, you can find us at poetsandmuses.com as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also sign up for our newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. I'm your host Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a safe and healthy week and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.